Hi, this is Will Friedle. In a world that sometimes feels uncertain, where communities can be disconnected, there are beacons of hope in your neighborhood. Introducing Neighbor to Neighbor, a California volunteers network. They believe that the people living all around you are your best bet at creating meaningful social bonds and preparing you for the next big weather event. Whether it's lending a helping hand to a neighbor in need or standing together in times of natural disaster, Neighbor to Neighbor empowers you to grow your community. Visit caneighbors.com to learn how you can help build a more connected community. Neighbor to Neighbor, it takes a neighborhood. Hi, this is Dr. Laurie Santos. In a world that sometimes feels uncertain, there are beacons of hope in your neighborhood. Introducing Neighbor to Neighbor, a California volunteers network. We believe that the people living all around you are your best bet at creating meaningful social bonds and preparing you for the next big weather event. Whether it's lending a helping hand to a neighbor in need or standing together in times of natural disaster, Neighbor to Neighbor empowers you to grow your community. Visit caneighbors.com to learn how you can build a more connected community. Neighbor to Neighbor. It takes a neighborhood. There were two more murders 15 miles away. When police arrived, they found the telephones and electricity lines. We have a weird homicide. A scene described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird... Morning. Cup of murder. Not everyone can handle their anger with grace and dignity. Some let it consume them and their actions become direct results of the anger they feel they cannot control. On June 30th, 1959, the appeal hearing for a rampage killer began. A killer who let his anger completely consume him and take the lives of 16 people. So if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. 42-year-old Domingo Darquez Salazar was a native of Zamboanga, Philippines, and was living with his common-law wife, Maxima Pacho, in Barangay, St. Nicholas. In 1956, Maxima was pregnant with, according to her, the couple's first child. But the joyous occasion was tarnished when Domingo started to worry that the baby was not only not his, but was the product of an affair his wife was having with her sister's husband, Fortunato Nares. Whether this was true or not was never really determined, at least not as far as I could tell. But Domingo's pride and honor was wounded enough that he sought retribution. On the morning of October 11th, 1956, he invited Maxima to go with him to gather supplies to repair their home. Her sister, Romana, then arrived and invited Maxima to accompany her to her house to get some Pele. Wanting to go with her sister instead of her husband, she told him that she would not be going into town with him. He was furious, and after months of anger and suspicion, he finally bubbled over and began a dangerous rampage. According to the story read in court, armed with a spear and a bolo knife, Domingo started by killing his sister-in-law, Romana, who, according to some sources, was also pregnant at the time, and then turned to do the same to Maxima and his nephew, Fortunato Nares Jr., He then walked about 900 yards away to another house where he killed every single person inside. People who had nothing to do with his wife, the baby, or the alleged affair. He did the same to three other houses, leaving behind a bloodbath the likes of which this province had never seen. He made his way onto the premise of a local school and attacked a random man from behind. The stranger was able to run away from his attack and would become the sole survivor of Domingo's rampage. He chased locals, throwing spears at two men but missing, and then went to the school and attempted to force open its doors. 
thankfully due in large part to one teacher who barricaded the doors and locked the windows when she saw the approaching danger, Domingo never made it inside of the building. Given his anger and discriminate attacks, who knows what would have happened if he had. Domingo then made his way up the bell tower of the chapel and sounded the alarm so that the town citizens would come out of their homes, believing that they were being called by their religious leaders. At this point, he demanded that something be done and that someone killed him, but no one dared to obey his commands. Finally, two armed guards and an officer made their way to the crazed man, persuaded him to surrender and tried to bring him into custody. He agreed, but on only one condition, that he be shot and killed immediately. They agreed, but said that they would prefer to do at a nearby wharf and asked him to come sign some papers that absolved them from guilt and responsibility in his murder. He agreed, put his hands down to sign the piece of paper, and was immediately grabbed and put into police custody. In total, 16 people died at the hands of this angry man, the youngest being just five years old and the oldest being 15. Seven were children and two were pregnant. Now in custody, Domingo's physical and mental state had to be examined before the trial could begin. And on October 24, 1956, the chief of the Puerto Princesa Hospital declared that he was sane and perfectly in control of his actions. He pleaded guilty to the murders and the judge requested that he take the witness stand to make a full confession in front of the jury. He refused, saying he had already done so for the police. So the judge asked the prosecution to present the case and all of their evidence. When they were finished, Domingo Salazar was sentenced to death for each of the 16 murders, given a multi-year sentence for, quote, frustrated and attempted murder, and was required to pay the heirs of each of his victims 3,000 pesos. On appeal, which started on June 30th, 1959, his sentence was upheld, but the court found that his confession and admission of guilt was mitigating. So his conviction for the murders of Maxima and Romano Pacho, as well as Fortunato Nariz, was changed to what they call permanent imprisonment. And the fine he had to pay was up to 6,000 pesos for each victim. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to what terrible thing happened on July 1st. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe. Hi, this is Dr. Joy. In a world that sometimes feels uncertain, where communities can be disconnected, there are beacons of hope in your neighborhood. Introducing Neighbor to Neighbor, a California volunteers network. They believe that the people living all around you are your best bet at creating meaningful social bonds and preparing you for the next big weather event. Whether it's lending a helping hand to a neighbor in need or standing together in times of natural disaster, Neighbor to Neighbor empowers you to grow your community. Visit caneighbors.com to learn how you can help build a more connected community. Neighbor to Neighbor. It takes a neighborhood. Hi, this is Dr. Joy. In a world that sometimes feels uncertain, where communities can be disconnected, there are beacons of hope in your neighborhood. Introducing Neighbor to Neighbor, a California volunteers network. They believe that the people living all around you are your best bet at creating meaningful social bonds and preparing you for the next big weather event. Whether it's lending a helping hand to a neighbor in need or standing together in times of natural disaster, Neighbor to Neighbor empowers you to grow your community. Visit caneighbors.com to learn how you can help build a more connected community. Neighbor to Neighbor. 
it takes a neighborhood.